What's up, everybody? Welcome into the F6 Football Podcast. Cam Copeland here, as always, with Alex Roglin. And we know, we know, we'll get ahead of it right now. We are coming to you a bit later in the week. Once again, we are recording this on Friday night. But honestly, Alex, I can't think of anything better to do on late on a Friday evening. Uh, our Alex's voice is all recovered. We are healthy and good to go. So I'm excited to be back on, even though it is a bit later in the week. How are you doing, my friend? That was an awesome welcome at the beginning, Cam. That was great. Um, so yeah, I'm doing great. My voice is back, and I am glad to be using it to talk about football. So um, you know, and and as Cam mentioned, you know, we we appreciate everyone's flexibility. We try to be as consistent as we can, um, but we also have full time jobs, and and <laughs> there's a lot of other things going on uh, in our lives. So you know, we 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 love talking football. We're happy to be here to talk football. Just got to balance it out with uh, with family and uh, and moving and all kinds of different stuff going on. But let's jump right into it. What an exciting week! I mean, we're we're now are we we're definitely officially past halfway now, right? Yep, or, going or into week ten. Yeah, I know it's weird with seventeen games now, but either way, we're past halfway. And uh, man, I can't believe the season already halfway over, and we're already starting to talk seriously about playoff seating, um, which is just I can't believe that, you know? Yeah, geez, man, it, it's flying by, and I'm. I'm so deep in the weeds of the NFL draft right now. I, I keep checking Tankathon for draft orders, seeing updated standings <laughs> every few minutes. It seems like I just, uh, it, you know, the second half of the season is so much fun from so many different perspectives because there are all the, always those teams that end up climbing out of, you know, third place in their division at the time and, and, and coming into first making playoff runs. And then there are those games over the last, you know, the last few weeks of the season where, the team projected to be, you know, get the first overall pick ends up getting the sixth pick because they end up winning games because, you know, Lovey Smith decides to win at the last minute uh, and stuff like that. So it's just, it's so exciting the, the second half of the season, but man, it is going by a little too fast. And what a week. Yeah, it really has. What a yep. week. There were some crazy games this last week. I, let's uh, Let's start with the Germany game. Uh, because that was the first one that was played uh, played on Sunday last week, the Chiefs Dolphins, and I, you know, uh, again as Alex said, we have we have full time jobs, we have other responsibilities. I, I didn't catch the beginning of that game, and then I I tune in and I, I mentioned I'm doing a lot of uh, film studies right now, uh, a lot of uh, draft prospect review, and so I turn it on and I see. Just one of the cleanest routes I've ever seen. I was like, who is? Oh, yeah, it's Tyreek Hill. Of course, I'm watching the NFL right now. Uh, he's just he's just unbelievable. But that game and uh, coming down to the wire, uh, the last play of the game, Tua fumbling the ball on the snap, just the most anticlimactic ending to the game that I could possibly think of. What, what were your thoughts as our Chiefs fan, Alex? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny. You, you know, if you would have watched the first half, the first half was all Chiefs. So, I mean, the Chiefs just came out and the defense put an absolute clamp on the Dolphins, um, and they couldn't do anything. You know, it was it was impressive. The Chiefs even got a defensive touchdown. Um, I do got to talk about that for a second because the irony of that was pretty incredible. So, Tyree Kill catches uh, like a quick bubble screen, right, and then he starts to try to go outside with it, and Trent McDuffie jumps it. 
and puts basically his whole body into Tyreek Hill's arms. And instead of like Tyreek Hill going down and just trying to take it as a loss, he tries to fight out of it and gets and gets the ball stripped out. Then after that, Mike Edwards picks the ball up and then he's getting tackled. So then he laterals it back to um, uh, let's see, who was it to uh, Cook to Brian Cook, who then runs it for a touchdown. Uh, which was an absolutely chaotic play. Yeah. Um, but what I want to say, the irony in that that made me laugh is that uh, Trent McDuffie, of course, was used, was 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 the Dolphins pick that they traded to the Chiefs <laughs> for Tyreek Hill, right? And then Cook was another, and then Cook might have even been, the, the, he was the second round pick, um, which I think was also, he was either the Chiefs second round or he was also the Dolphins second round pick. So the, the two main guys on the play, both came as a result of the Chiefs moving on from Tyreek Hill. So the irony of that is just pretty incredible. Um, but overall, you know, I think that the Chiefs are, are uh, you know, once again, they're doing what dominant teams do. They're, they're, they're winning in any way they need to. And this is definitely the best defense that the, that, that the Chiefs have had during the Patrick Mahomes era, which just makes them all more dangerous. You know, the offense is still rounded into form. Uh, but I think every week we're seeing more and more Rasheed Rice emerging as that number one receiver. You know, we're starting to see his his usage starting to go up, and uh, and that's really good to see. And um, you know, the Chiefs they're they're not they're not going to be the same you know same team that used to score forty points a game, uh, but they don't have to because their defense is so good this year. They they need to score twenty one points, you know, or maybe twenty eight. <laughs> And that's gonna and that's pretty much gonna beat any team in the NFL uh, for the most part. So uh, impressive win, you know. I was, I was, you know, it was more about the Chiefs' defense, I think, than anything. Um, so it was good to see that they uh, they travel well. Yeah, and uh, that that pick where they got McDuffie, they also ended up trading up uh, using that pick in order to get him. Which great decision by them. McDuffie is a certified stud at this point. And uh, on on the other side, you know, with the Dolphins, they are. They're an interesting team because they either light the world on fire or, you know, they get a little little humbled and they don't seem to be as consistent as sort of expected after their dominating first few weeks of the season. You know, there's that 70-point game against Denver that they put up. And Tyreek Hill, he is, I mean, he, he is on pace for over 2,000 receiving yards. He is well in the conversation for, you know, uh, offensive player of the year. But, you know, he's had, I think, six drops on the season. He's had some questionable decision-making here and there. Uh, you know, he feels like he has to do everything for the team, which he kind of does. But sometimes I think he, he does too much. He turns his head before catching it. You know, it, this guy doesn't – he shouldn't be dropping the ball like he is. And I, I wonder if in his mind he's thinking, if I don't have do everything, we're going to lose. So just an interesting dynamic there. But – you know, I no doubt in my mind that they're gonna still make the playoffs, still still go on a run. And you know, they were my preseason pick to lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I, I still think that they're they could they could get there, but it's gonna be tough. You know, if Chief, do you Chief still think they're gonna place. take the division? I don't know. <laughs> uh, let, let's look. I think up. I think they got let's a shot because. Yeah, I mean, still I mean, obviously the Jets, I, I don't think the Jets, I mean, the Jets were my pick, but obviously that, you know, that all changed when Rodgers got hurt. Um, and I just think, man, the Bills look really vulnerable. The Bills, even in the Bills, none of their wins have really been consistent. I've been convincing recently. Um, and I know, of course, you know, they, 
even though they only lost by a score to the to the Bengals, you know, which I know not to jump ahead if we want to talk about that game, but I mean, that game was not a one score game. I mean, the Bills, the, the Bengals took their foot off the gas, or that would have been worse, honestly. Um, so, I mean, the Bills to me just look very vulnerable right now, and I know that the Dolphins have not, you know, they don't have a win against a team with a winning record yet, but. I just got to think that that, you know, as Ramsey, I mean, Ramsey's only been back a game or two and, he you know, he's still kind of rounding back into form a little bit. They got some injuries. A chain should come back hopefully in a couple weeks. So, you know, I think for the home stretch, I mean, I, I, I if I'm a Dolphins fan, I'm still feeling all right. I'm still feeling like we got it. We're in a good position to make a real run at the uh, division. Yeah. And here are their next five games, right? They got the Raiders, Jets, Commanders, Titans, and then the Jets again. So this I think could be could five easily- in a row. You're right. And if they, they take those five, even if they, you know, don't win the their final games against the Cowboys, Ravens, and uh, Bills to round out the season, you know, that is a very difficult finale to the season. But if they already have 11 wins after these next five weeks, I mean, they're yep. they're making the playoffs at a bare minimum, right? For sure. So yep. I, I, I think uh, after looking at the schedule, I'm, I'm still very confident uh, in them winning the division. But the Bills, you know... Uh, as we've talked before on this pod, the Josh Allen, the MVP level Josh Allen, or the mid Josh Allen, you never know who you're going to get. <laughs> and, you know, if Josh Allen is on for any stretch of the season, they, the Bills can be any team in the league. Mm-hmm. And then if he's not, they don't. And it looks kind of bad. So you you never know. But I think the Dolphins take this. All right. Now. I want to jump right into our upset picks from last week because they're, mine was interesting. I, I'm going to take this away right here because I had the Bucks over the Texans. And if anyone, of course, of course, you guys watch watch that game. You We know our audience. You guys watch that game. <laughs> CJ Stroud had several seconds left to take him all the way downfield, you know, hit Tank Dell. And, and it was just, it was a very disappointing loss for the Bucks. But the funny thing is, is uh, Jared, good friend of the pod, he was on uh, one of our earlier episodes to talk on this about the Steelers. He was next to me. He had some crazy parlay down. He had uh, it was like five different Rashad White metrics, like over on receptions, receiving yards, rushing yards, touchdown, uh, and then the Bucks to win. And White hit all of them. So towards like by the end of the third quarter. So we're just sitting next to each other. I'm rooting for my upset pick. He's rooting for this. He put in like 20 bucks to win 275, something like that. So he had 275 on the line and we're just jumping up and down at, at the street. We, we switched off red zone. We're just watching this game. And you know, the, the bucks drive down and score with several seconds left in the game and right under a minute. And we're just celebrating, you know, we're, we're getting another, uh, uh, I've been drinking way too many of these flavored waters, but getting another <laughs> drink out, out of the bridge, just, you know, yelling, screaming, having a good time. And then this Texans come back, they win. And he just walks out the door. He, he just leaves and he didn't come back. So a uh, oh, little upset there. Man. He made it home safely confirmed, but uh, yeah, I did not hit my upset pick last week. Although I felt very good about it for a large portion of the game. How about yeah, you, yours Alex? was close. Yeah, <laughs> yours was close. So that that takes you to four and four. So you're still yep. you're still uh, you're still fighting for a playoff spot, Cam. So all good. Uh, <laughs> I, on the other hand, took another loss. I just touched on the game. You know, I, I picked the Bills over the Bengals, and uh, you know, I've been 
I, I, you know, I think that the last few weeks, obviously the Bengals have in form. Um, and uh, I still thought that maybe they needed a little bit more time to shake the rust off, but um, they look great, man. They look dominant. They look like back to the same team that's made two, you know, made a Super Bowl two years ago and was, you know, a couple plays away uh, from making the Super Bowl again this last year. So the Bengals are definitely rounded into form. Um, and uh, they're going to be, they're certainly going to be in the mix. And I'm really excited to see, you know, to see their game against the Ravens up here in a couple weeks because that's going to be, that's going to be some must watch football, but not to get too far ahead of it. So uh, that's another loss for me, which takes my record to two and six. So not, not great at picking uh, upsets. <laughs> well, that, that's not quite in the running for a playoff spot, but technically still possible. Going for uh, the first overall pick now. Now we're just going to yeah. tank. <laughs> <laughs> now the Bengals are looking uh, so much better now that Joe Burrow can actually step into his passes starting. I think we were pointing mm-hmm. that out about mm-hmm. five and moving the pocket so. a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he could, he can actually hit downfield targets, which completely changes the, how this offense operates. Right. And how the defense has to respond. So they're looking like a very good team. Uh, climbing up. They're, they're five and three right now. They started zero and two, right? I believe they started 0-2. Yep. Uh, and I yep. believe last year, didn't they start 0-2 last year as well? They did Before last year too. So, yeah. And playoffs. I think they were even so, one. I think the Bengals were even one and three. Yeah, I think they were one and three. And then yeah, they've won they're four. They're on a four-game win streak. Remember. So yeah. they they're on a tear right now. And they they could they are technically last in the division as it stands. Uh they I, they could become first. I mean, I do think the Ravens are a better team, but they are not. You know, I, I guess their records are tied, right? The Steelers, Browns, and Bengals. Um, so so I think the Bengals pull ahead to the second seat and end up taking that playoff spot. But do you think they end up passing the Ravens at all this season? Man, I don't, that's a good question. I mean, I, you know, the Bengals are playing so well right now. But so are the Ravens, man. The Ravens are just like curb stopping teams right now you know and uh and the, the ravens were banged up a little earlier in the year but what, what's impressive about the ravens too you know it doesn't seem like lamar has really been had to run that much you know he's able to do they've been doing a lot of damage on the ground you know through the running backs and, and he's been passing the ball at a decent rate and so at least that's what it looks like to the eye test and so you know what i think makes the ravens so dynamic is that you know if you add in where you know i would i would assume that once it gets late in the season in a big game or a playoff game then it's like you know it's sort of you know take all the the training wheels off lamar i mean let him let him run and do his thing and so i would expect to see them opening up a little bit more of that quarterback run game late in the year and i think i think they're saving some stuff um which i don't blame them for and so I, I still I did pick the Ravens to win that division. I still feel good about it, but I do think that the Bengals are going to be right on their heels uh, for much of the year, putting a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like Lamar Jackson hasn't been running. He has 440 yard rushing yards on the season through nine games, so he's still leading the league by a good margin. I just looked this up right now. Jalen Hurts is third for rushing yards. Mahomes is fourth. Can you guess who the second place is behind Lamar Jackson for rushing yards? At quarterback, you said you said very surprised. Hertz is third. You said Hertz is third. Third, yep. Uh, number two. Wow, on the spot. I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to think of. Is it like Zach Wilson or something? Joshua Dobbs, man. Dobbs oh. is second <laughs> nice. in rushing yards on the season so far. I 
Yeah, I, I was trying to think of someone there. who can't pass. <laughs> right. It, yeah, uh, I mean, and speaking of Josh Dobbs, we have to touch on this game before we hit next the next week's slate because the Minnesota Vikings beat the the Atlanta Falcons in such in such a crazy fashion with Dobbs getting traded. Now I listened to a uh, you know Dobbs was talking about the trade this morning. Or uh, maybe it was from yesterday. But either way, he was saying that back last week after the Arizona game, he was told, no, you're going to stay as the, you know, our quarterback. We're going to start you next week. And then he went home and told his agent. And then he went to bed. And then he wakes up with a text from his agent saying, hey, it's trade deadline. We're, uh, you might get traded to either the Browns or the Vikings. And he said, uh, all right. So he went and made breakfast. And by the time he was done eating breakfast, he had been traded to the Vikings. So he said he went, you know, he, he ended up, he didn't know the playbook. He didn't know his teammates names. Yeah. I saw and he ends that. up pull, pulling it That's out. Wild, it's ridiculous. And, and the Falcons on the other hand, did you see the, uh, the five minute rant by Arthur Smith in the press mm. conference about Bijan? Uh, yeah, it's uh, circulating the internet right now. Basically, everyone, you know, you ask him why a player's not getting the ball, and he just starts talking about how how he hates fantasy football and and people's parlays and how they don't matter and stuff like that. So uh, he went out on for five minutes, watch the whole thing about how you know they, he was asked why isn't Bijan getting the ball because then he has like one red zone or one carry inside the ten or something ridiculous on the season. That might be wrong, but. Uh, and he just starts talking about statistics and how he has lots of good players and how he's not doing his job of scoring in the red zone. And he just kept going in circles. And then he just stopped talking. It's like, what are you doing, man? Like you, you go on, you say you have talented players and you're not doing your job. Well, maybe use your talented players. I don't know. Right. I don't want to harp on this because it seems like every outlet is right now, but it, it was it was weird to watch. I, that that does seem to be a reoccurring thing, and I and I know you and I have actually talked about this on our podcast before. But because I saw, I also saw Mike McCarthy on the radio, I think it was yesterday. Someone was asking about Brandon Cooks because I guess he's a little bit salty about his usage. And Mike McCarthy's like, I don't play fantasy football. <laughs> you know, he's like, our entire system is built around the quarterback and making the quarterback successful, and that's what we've been doing for thirty years or something like that. And I was just like, dude. Like, I get it. I understand that your your job is to win the game. But you also have to understand that fantasy football is a massive money-making, money-generating machine for the league. There, there is a huge amount of people that watch the games, bet on the games, and are, and are interested in the NFL purely for fantasy football. They do not have a team that they care about. They only care about players on their fantasy team or who they're betting on. And so it's like, you know, it, I get it, but it's, I mean, I don't have to rant back, but it's like, dude, that's, it's probably paying your check, man. Yeah, like just accept it. You don't have, you know, you don't have to, no one's asking you to play fantasy football, but just accept that it's part of what, what generates revenue for the league. That's why the NFL's on top right now. And that's why you're making millions of dollars. So just shut up and ignore it. <laughs> and there you go. You know, coach speak is that uh, we, Coaches come out and, and are asked questions, and then their answers are, we play the best football we can and support our quarterback. Like that, yes, 
You don't even uh, – why even bother answering the question at that point? I will, from a different perspective, say at least uh, at least Arthur Smith tried to have a response as opposed to just saying, we will do our job and, and, and play the best of our ability, right? He at least tried to throw out some statistics in there. So that is uh, – kudos for that, but there's a lot going on in that organization right now. All right, Alex, any other games you want to touch on before we get into next week? Um, no, I guess the only other game, I mean, there was some, you know, we, we don't have to, the, the Cowboys-Eagles game was a decent game. You know, I think the Cowboys kind of blew it in that game. They had multiple ch- chances to win, put that game away, um, and they did not, They were unable to do that. Um, but another game that was kind of surprising, I, I, I mean, I did, I did think the Ravens would beat the Seahawks, but wow, they really spanked them. I mean that that thing was over after the first quarter, so that was uh, that was a, another interesting, you know, interesting outcome. Um, not 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 surprising that the Ravens won, but I think surprising that they really took it to the Seahawks, who I think will be a playoff team. You know, the Seahawks are going to be in the mix in the NFC. They're not an elite team, but but they, you know, they they. The, I would say the 49ers should round around, you know, should come around and win that division. But the Seahawks, I don't think, will be too far behind them, and I think we'll get a chance to be a playoff team. Um, and a wild card. So big, big win for the Ravens. Yeah. And, and I do think that uh, the MVP, the likelihood for MVP on the season, uh, I think Mahomes is obviously always in the running. And I think Lamar Jackson is right up there with him at this point. It, it's hard mm-hmm. to picture many other players getting, getting that accolade. And I know we've mentioned before, you know, the, it, it, you have to determine who is the least replaceable human being in the league for MVP and, or at least for their team. And you could argue that Tyree kill is a lot less replaceable than Tua is. For instance, um, I think there is no chance that Tyree kill gets MVP because he's not a quarterback. Yep. It, but I also think that just that fact says a little bit of something uh, or give, gives at least a reason why Tua probably will not be in consideration as well. You know, he does have some boneheaded yep. plays here and there still, and his boneheaded plays make you watch him and say, is, is that guy really in conversation for MVP? So right now I think it's between Mahomes and Lamar, but there's still half a season of football to play. Yeah, I agree with that completely, Cam. And I mean, A.J. Brown's another guy that I'd put there too. I mean, he's having a dominating season as well. Um, but I mean, same thing, right? He's he, you know He'll be in the mix for Offensive Player of the Year, but he's not going to win the MVP. Yeah. All right, Alex, let's get on to this next week. And what better way to start it off? Then going over our upset picks. You wanna you wanna say yours first, or should I take it away? You take us away. All right, man. I usually create a short list and spend a few minutes going through them, seeing which I think is best. This week it was pretty easy for me. There, I, I started creating lists, and there's only one I was comfortable with. So thank you for letting me go first. And I will take the Chargers over Detroit. You know the the Chargers mm-hmm. are at home. This week, it's only a three-point spread with a, a nice, healthy 48.5 over under. And Detroit's a talented roster, but so are the Chargers. And at the end of the day, I, I will take uh, Herbert over Goff any day. And I just think that he can get it done at home in, in clutch clutch situations. Now, if Detroit gets ahead early, uh, I think Herbert might be prone to making some, some mistakes trying to catch up. And then... Detroit could could just sort of run this game, run away with it, quite literally. But I do think that uh, 
if it's a close game, the Chargers will win, uh, which is not historically what they do. Or or is it? Do they win close game? What what what's going on here? Uh, there they was usually a, they usually lose. Cl- they, the, you know, okay. The the, okay. the Charger being you know chargering right. If we're gonna call that a uh, a verb, um, is to is to have a ton of talent to 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 be winning a game that you should win and then inexplicably lose the game at the end, you know, either by a bad coaching decision or some sort of bad turnover or something, um, which is usually not Justin Herbert's fault. Um, but that is the act of chargering. Um, okay. You know, you know what? I, I think I was thinking of the Vikings last season when they kept winning one score mm, games. Uh, yes. uh, yeah. So anyway, I think if, if the chargers, Detroit game is close. The Chargers take it. And I do think it's going to be a pretty close game with, with two pretty talented rosters. Now I'll give the coaching edge to Detroit, but the talent edge to the Chargers overall. I like it. That was on my short list. I, I looked at that and thought about it, but uh yeah, and actually I like the line too, honestly. Like, I mean, not just for the upset as well, but I mean looking at the line on that game, uh, is it two and a half? Is that what it's at now? I, I see three. But three okay it could be I, I mean i think that's pretty good you know I'd, I'd i'd feel i'd feel pretty good about that one although it is the chargers like i said i i got a little hesitant because i was like uh are the chargers gonna charger you never know so um i that's a good pick for my, my i'm really trying desperately to claw my way back towards 500 um and at this point i'm gonna put it to the guy <laughs> that we already talked about once and that's josh dobbs man um yes. I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go with minnesota over new orleans um, you know, I think that I guess the thing that really impresses me about Dobbs is, you know, we don't, we already talked about this, but you know, sometimes there's people that, that whatever profession they're in, they just learn how to make, they just learn how to make it work. You know, like they're just handed sometimes. It, I mean, there's people like that and, and really, you know, you want those type of people in your organization, right? When you're at work, if you, you, you want to have the type of people that you can throw them into a meeting, you can throw them into a project and they just find a way to, to learn what they need to know. And they just find a way to make it work. And that's, that's Josh Dobbs. Like he, he continues to get put in these different situations. And, you know, <laughs> like you said, he didn't even know his teammates names. Yeah. I mean, I mean, how, I mean, I just wish I could have been in that huddle. Cause it might've been like, Hey, you, you know, 27, run a post, you know, and hey, you, you, you know, you run a drag, you know, I mean, who knows? Like, cause if he didn't even know the playbook, like, man, I think that... he said throughout the game, at least before the end of the fourth quarter during that, that last drive, he's saying, this, uh, you know, the coaches were explaining some of the plays like while in the huddle, <laughs> which is just wild. That's amazing. So anyway, so I got to think that, you know, he's going to be even more comfortable this week, you know, and he made that Cardinals team feisty and they're terrible. And he yeah. made them kind of feisty earlier in the year. So all that I got to say, you know, and I still think new Orleans has been up and down. I think overall, I would say they've been underperforming. Um, they really have no excuses to not win that division. Um, but I'm not, you know, not feeling great about that either. So all in all, long way to say, I think that Minnesota has surprised themselves that they, I mean, they win this game and like, they're, they're in the mix, you know, and that in itself, I mean, they're, they're already five and four, they win this game, they go to six and four. Jeez. I mean, this team has no, has no, no business making the playoffs, but they win this game and they're right there. So, I mean, I'm going to ride with them. I think they're going to pull the upset. So I got the Vikings over the saints. Yeah. And they're, they're at home too. Right. So yep. 
even even better for them. Now, Home on my yep. on my uh, short list, I had you know the Chargers over Detroit. I had Washington over Seattle as a potential one, and then mm-hmm. I just wrote Dobbs time under that. <laughs> I, I I wanted to, but I I couldn't. So I'm I'm glad that you did. I do think you know New Orleans right now is a more talented roster. You know, with Justin Jefferson uh, gone there. The, I, I see that the Vikings picked up uh, Tanner Morgan to their practice squad, who might just be the backup quarterback. Because when looking at the roster, right, Jaron Hall is out, Nick Mullins, Cousins, they're all on, uh, at least Mullins and Cousins are on IR. Their backup quarterback in the last game was Cam Akers, which is <laughs> hilarious. And now he's on IR. Poor dude, by the way. Another Achilles tear. Can't get a break, is- man. Yeah, I mean that's his career, right? Yep. No, you can't come back from two Achilles injuries. It just, yeah, uh, feel sorry for the guy. But, uh yeah, I do think the Saints take it. But I love that you you swung, took a swing with this pick. I got to, man. I got to. <laughs> the ship's sinking. <laughs> All right, now before we hit on some of these games that haven't been played yet, I know uh, you were very excited about the game <laughs> last night. Isn't that isn't that right? You want to well, tell us well, about that? Well. Well, Cam, I'm sure that you know what label that had we had we done our show back on Tuesday, you know the label that I would have given the game that was last night, the dumpster fire game of the week for sure. So, I mean, I I did watch it because it was on, not because I was motivated or (laughs) had any real. And I had DJ Moore playing in fantasy, and that was really going back to fantasy, the, the thing that kept me the most interested. Which also made me be like, just throw him the ball. What you know, like he's he's your best player. Just give him the ball. Um, but anyway, so somehow the you know the Bears won, which which kind of rubbing salt in the wound is the fact that the Bears have the Panthers pick. So like by you know, and and I and I and, and I think that some people forget that because I heard a different talk show this morning, and they were talking about how the Bears should have lost that game. And how it didn't help them. And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? They have the Panthers right, pick right. and the Panthers and the Panthers are gonna be worse. So they they helped themselves by winning that game. Now, now you might make the argument they don't want to win a bunch of games the rest of the year. Sure, I understand that, but I mean that that's securing a higher pick for them. So another week of Bryce Young looking lost. Um, unfortunately, the, the offense is just a mess in Carolina. Bears are not good, but I guess they're just good enough. Yeah, and, you know, to your point, the Bears traded away their second-round pick to Washington, too. And we talked about that a bit last week, but I don't think we hit the sweat deal because that was more recent. Montez sweat, 100 million bucks over four years? Pretty big deal for him. So that that is, you know, coming from Washington, good for him. Uh, Definitely an overpay. I don't think there are many people who would disagree with that. I understand that they have their cap space and they're probably getting a rookie quarterback this year. So uh, to replace Justin Fields, if they have the first overall pick, right, they'll almost certainly take Caleb Williams. uh, And if they do have that pick and it's so they'll have money to spend. So I get it. It just seems seems pretty rich. So uh yeah go out when you win your games bears you, you'll get that panthers pick and then you don't have your second round pick anyway so uh yeah uh, you always try to win as a team now the panthers uh did you hear what uh they were saying at the end of the game 
uh, about uh-huh. their decision for Eddie Pinero to attempt the 59-yard field goal. First of no, all, I mean they, they probably thought they had a better chance, though, right, of kicking well, that than trying to throw a bomb or something. Yeah. Now Pinero is not a long kick kicker. He does not have a big leg. He struggles over like anything over 50 yards is difficult. And in that stadium, the record is 59 yards. It is. It's hard. It's hard to kick with the those temperatures and whatnot. It's so, so windy it's just, too. Yeah. yeah. So that decision, it almost seems like you're a coach making the decision by looking at a list of, of raw statistics and saying, Oh, the chances are higher that we make it as opposed to actually knowing the strengths and weaknesses of your own players. So it, it does seem like an odd decision because I think anyone, any Carolina fan will tell you that Pinero doesn't have a big leg. And so to attempt that just seemed a, a little odd. I get it. You weren't moving the ball all night. You don't, I, it just shows you don't have faith in your offense. I know it's a statistically low probability that you you execute on that what fourth and ten, I believe it was. But mm-hmm. I, I think you still got to go for it. If if you if you have Eddie Pinero as your kicker, you need to show your offense that you still trust them, which which they don't. So, yep, uh, dumpster fire game. Uh, now, if you had to choose another one, because we are recording this on Friday, did you have? another dumpster fire game this week or had you not uh, or had you committed to the can one you, last night can you hear me now cam oh yeah have you been talking there we go no no i just okay. i i'm i think we're I, we i was it was kind of breaking up a little bit i'm not sure if that was just on my end or not but um no that was my only dumpster fire game was just this one uh this week was was the one on thursday night so um yeah so i'm good there the uh, the game that I you know if we could talk about the, the the game that I'm excited the most about though on the other end is going to be the 49ers Jags game. Um, I, I don't think the primetime games look that great this week. <laughs> they're a little they're a little lacking in that department. But this uh, but this one but some of the one o'clock slates might even be the best slate. You know you got the Browns Ravens, uh, which I think that's going to be a good game, and then the 49ers Jaguars. Um, I think that's going to be a good game too. So. Um, I, I, the Jags have been playing really well. I think this would be a tough game to pick San Francisco's favored right now by three. Um, but I, I, man, the Jags are feisty. Uh, but you know, the Niners, man, they want to get back in that win column badly. You know, they're coming off of a bye, getting a little bit healthy. I'm not sure. I haven't heard if Trent Richardson's going to, I mean, sorry, (laughs) Trent Williams. Yeah. Not Trent Richardson. He's at home on the couch. Uh, but Trent Williams, I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. Uh, but, uh, I know they're trying to get him back, trying to get Debo back pretty soon. So, uh, but I think overall I'm excited about that game. I think that's really going to be a great game. Yeah. And and it's pretty wild that the Jaguars have, are on a five game win streak. The, uh, the San Francisco 49ers are on a three game losing streak and they're still favored to win this game. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. speaks volumes to the perception of these teams. And and I don't – I mean, and I, I fully agree. I, I thought it was surprising that it was only a three-point spread. Honestly, they the Jaguars were not in my consideration or in consideration for my upset pick. So I, I think the 49ers take this despite being on a losing streak against a team on the, the biggest winning streak in the NFL right now. But I, it'll be a very exciting game. Now, you said that you don't think the – the primetime games will be that exciting. I will say that you have 
I, I bet you have no idea what's going to happen in the Jets Raiders game. Like no <laughs> one has any earthly idea what's That's going true. to happen. There'll be sacks all over the place, picks. The Raiders don't even have a yep. great defense, but they do have Max Crosby, and that that makes it fun to watch just all by itself. So, and, and he never comes off the field, man. You're supposed to rotate yes. your defensive line. I think he played 100 percent of snaps last game, and he's just. I mean, yeah, he's 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 a nightmare, he's a monster. Man. Yeah, he, he's performing at a high level every snap. It's it's crazy. Yep. He could be the defensive player of the year. When all I think he should, up. man. I think he should. I think I think this is a good year for him to win that. Honestly. Well, who else is in the conversation for that? It, definitely Dexter Lawrence. Um, you, you can say Miles Garrett. You could say uh, uh, has Micah Parsons been doing stuff lately? He's he's just Micah not, Parsons. Not as so I much, assume, yeah. I mean, you have TJ Watt. Quiet. Yeah, TJ Watts in the mix probably. Always and Bosa, yep. right? Bosa. So yep. again, as we said earlier, the full you know we got the second half of the season left to play, but these dudes are all. All in the conversation. Yep, yep. So what games? So other than the Jets Raiders game, uh, what other games are you looking forward to this weekend? You know, I'm I'm looking forward to the Commander Seahawks. You know, the Seahawks uh, just got thrashed by uh, by the Ravens, mm -hmm. and uh, Sam Howell is he's looked good. He's looking better each week. He's making big plays. Yes, he's still a He's still effectively a rookie, right? I know he's in his second year, but it's still his first season starting. And he's showing everything you could possibly want. And I just, if we end up cleaning house, we being the commanders, I want Sam Howell to have shown enough to where new anyone new coming in says, you know what, Let, let's give him another year and just put more talent around him, especially on the offensive line. Because, you know, we... It, they sold sold off their defensive ends, right? Both former first round picks, Sweat and Young, and a lot of people say, "All right, you're in full tank mode." I, I saw a lot of people saying full tank mode recently. Which, if, if you can spend your cap space, which they have a significant amount uh, of of room to work this off season on offensive linemen and draft, well, I I don't think you'll you'll need to have a three year rebuild. I think it could be one or two years. So definitely not going to compete this year. I don't think they're going to compete next year unless they have some absolute genius offseason moves and get lucky with some draft picks. But I think two years is reasonable. And if you get rid of Sam Howell right now, I don't, I, I don't, I think that window lengthens. So I'm looking forward to watching him against a defense that I don't think is a stellar defense, but they have a good secondary. So seeing how he can navigate that will will be exciting for me. Yeah, no, I I agree with your points on you know there, Cam. And another thing, you know, I, I I mean, I would be encouraged with Sam Howell. Like I I've seen enough that I've seen, you know, he he clearly has he's got the arm strength, you know, he has the accuracy, and I think considered how bad the offensive line has played and how much pressure he's been under, the fact that he's actually kept the kept kind of kept the boat afloat. You know, I mean, most of these these losses aren't aren't because Sam Howe's played terrible. They've had a couple games. I know they built they, that Bills game is pretty ugly, and you know they've had a few other ones. But but honestly, Sam Howe I think has been one of the bright spots. You know, on this team, and so you know I would feel good that if if they could if they could build through the draft, uh, maybe maybe help through free agency and get the offensive line fixed. 
I think I think that that Sam Howell really has a shot to to you know I don't think he's going to be elite you know I'm not not thinking top ten but he could certainly be in the top half of, yeah. of quarterbacks in the league he may already be there all right with you know with such a bad offensive line so you know I think that uh, I definitely think if they can get him some help on the offensive line I'd be encouraged with you know his future honestly um, yeah and I wouldn't call him a top half right now top half quarterback but I do see the potential and and I just wanted to say uh, real quick before moving on from this game that Jonathan Allen last week now players aren't going to say anything bad about their their quarterback but he came out with instead with some conviction uh, it, it seemed that you know he's played with a lot of quarterbacks you know playing in Washington for so long you one tends to do that played with a lot of quarterbacks played against a lot of nice. good quarterbacks and said Sam Howe is talented he's a dude and has the support of the locker room 100 percent. he he's the guy for the next five ten years that, that's what he said so you know he could just say that he's he's great and we support him but now it seemed like he went a little extra step to where it seemed genuine so it you know I watched that clip about about 13 times just for a little bit of you know, to feel something. <laughs> there you but go. There it, you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, so hey, it, it's exciting. Question: Another question for you while we're talking, Commanders, just real quick. Do you think we see a better version of uh, of, of Chase uh, the second half of the season here uh, now that he's a 49er? Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think that he fits well into both schemes, right? They have pretty similar methods uh, of working the front. I think that San Francisco does a better job at, at sort of scheming pressure than Washington does. I think Washington, Jack Del Rio was just saying, go. It didn't really seem like there was anything else up until this last week where the defensive linemen were actually <laughs> not, not just trying to be on an Island and win. Uh, so I, I think that he's been, Get it, racking up pressures without getting a ton of sacks. His conversion rate's been a little bit lower. And I think that in San Francisco, they're just that much better at it uh, to where uh, he will start converting a bit more. Now, I won't say he he is around more talent, um, especially with Bosa on the opposite side, but you can't really say he was around that much more talent, right? Uh, uh, just strictly along the, the offensive yeah. front. I mean... Montez Sweat, right? Deron Payne and mm-hmm. Jonathan Allen. Jonathan you, Allen. It, it's mm-hmm. underperforming for what they should be or what they could be, but there's still a, a group of dudes across the front. So uh, I think that, um, you know, I hope he succeeds over there. I always liked him. He threw some shade on the organization, which I did not like too much. I don't know if you, you heard him say that basically yeah. saying, I'm, I can tell I'm with winners now. It's a lot yeah, different than that. it was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. You don't have to say that part out loud, but uh, yeah, it, it's all the best to him. I, I I do think he has a strong second half of the season. Magic Johnson disagrees, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. All right, man. Any other games you want to touch on this week? Um, I will say just one other game that you know I, I saw that I think um, has a chance to be a sneaky good game. Um, is going to be the Texans and Bengals. Yes, I know we just said. talked a little bit about that Texans uh, Bucks game last week, and we also touched on the Bengals. Uh, now, now this is a line I would probably stay away from. So we got the Bengals by six and a half. Um, you know, I mean they are at home, so like I understand the line. 
Um, and who knows? I mean, like we said, the Bengals, man, they're 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 playing really well. Um, but man, this Texans team, they believe, you know, I mean, they, they had that one weird game where they, where they did lose to the Panthers, but it happens. I mean, the chiefs lost to the Broncos last week, so you never know, right? Any given Sunday. Yeah. So they did have that weird, but, but other than that, I mean, they have been in, they've been in pretty much every game, you know, and CJ Stroud every week looks better and better. I think he's pretty much a lock for rookie of the year, you know, uh, in my mind. Um, so man, I think that could be a sneaky, good game. I think the Bengals got to be ready to play, uh, because I think the Texans are going to show up. And I really do think that CJ Stroud's not afraid of anything. He's going to let it loose and anything can happen. So if the Bengals aren't ready to play, I think this could be a sneaky, good game. Yeah. Now I think, um, uh, Stroud is absolutely a lock, as you said, for rookie of the year. I think if Puka Nakua breaks Justin Jefferson's rookie record, it won't matter at all because it'll still be Stroud because Stroud's a quarterback. <laughs> Puka Nakua yeah, right. is not. So I, you know, I think this will be a very exciting game. It, it is possible that the better team shows up in Cincinnati and just puts on a clinic against the overall less talented Houston, but their receivers are really, really coming. Uh, they're, they've really been stepping up. Um, the Houston's that is, you know, Tank Dell is, he's been great and there's there's been talk about how cj stroud specifically asked to draft tank dell which is kind of interesting he also keeps pointing out certain uh, there's some jokes going around that he's gonna quit and become a scout because he keeps talking about oh i would never draft a quarterback when i don't talk to their teammates and see how they do this this and this like okay man you you're a rookie just pump, <laughs> pump the brakes uh, i get it you're excited but he, you know, I, I hope, hope he does well. And something else about Stroud, you know, uh, I don't recall if we've ever talked about it on this pod, but the S2 cognition test was huge this offseason. Um, it, it's used basically like a, a much better Wonderlick that actually mm -hmm. has applicable, uh, you know, uh, attributes. It, we can talk about it more on another pod if, if anyone's interested in hearing about the S2 cognition test. It is pretty cool. But there was a stat saying basically no starting quarterback in the NFL has ever scored under a 50% uh, any successful quarterback. Um, and it, it, it's a really good predictor of success and that Brock Purdy did really well and all these quarterbacks did well. And then CJ Stroud scored an 18% allegedly. And they're saying, oh, so that means he's a bust. And then he comes out and is lighting it on fire. So not not good PR for, for the S2 team, but... I, I do think it's it's another data point that you know mm -hmm. you can never buy into an off-field test a hundred percent. But I, yeah. I do like what I've seen from it overall, based on the the knowledge I have of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's never going to be perfect. Yeah, no, I think that's a, that's really interesting, Cam. That and I and like you said, I think that's a good way to look at it as a data point because you know when you think about even taking a test, I mean, you know, it, it can certainly reflect some aspects of your processing and like problem solving and all that. Um, but also football is such a, is what, what makes the game so fun is it's such a balance of, you know, being prepared and studying, but also just instincts, right? Like, cause, right. cause you, you can draw the play up, right. And, and, and know the play and know exactly what you're trying to do. But as soon as Nick Bosa destroys your right tackle <laughs> and is like right in your face, 
like then it's instincts, right? Are you going to try to juke him? You're going to try to throw it. Like, what are you going to do? And, and it's those off it's, and that happens almost every play. Right. And so, you know, it's amazing how it's just such like the most successful quarterbacks, you know, and, and I mean, of course I'm, I'm biased, but thinking about the way that Mahomes approaches it, right. He, he yeah. studies it. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a film junkie and he knows what coach Reed wants to do. He knows how to exploit the defense, but then within the play, he also understands sometimes he's just got to make something happen and, and the play doesn't always go like it's supposed to go. So that's why sometimes Kelsey just runs a completely different route. And then Mahomes runs around for a while and instinctively knows it's not like when he sees it, it's not like he's processing to say, oh, well, Coach Reed told me I should do this. Like he's just like Kelsey's right. open. I'm going to get the ball to him. Right. And and I think it's just anyway. So long, long little mini rant to say that um, that that that's cool. And that's definitely something that I think data point to be taken into consideration and i think that's just one of the things that makes football great you know it, it's it's such a wonderful balance of 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 preparatory strategy and instinct instinctful play yeah and it's again you say it's a data point just like the combine right you don't go to the combine and see someone run a 4-2 and say oh i'll draft taekwon thornton in the second round <laughs> maybe the patriots will but uh also to your <laughs> point about mahomes uh pat Kelsey makes it a lot easier for him when he just points to the open players. Like, you know, yeah, right. Exactly. That, that was awesome. <laughs> I, I loved that. But uh, yeah, so uh, it'll, it should be a good game. Um, but the Bengals, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals end up winning by over three touchdowns either. Um, now one last game, I just wanted to bring up. I usually like watching games that, that have, you know, le lesser uh, teams with lower win, win records um because they're they're not as refined they're more exciting but one game i'm not looking forward to this week and probably the first time i've even i'll say this this entire season is the it's in germany i believe the colts patriots it's just not a game i i've never over the last five years the colts have been one of what i think the most boring teams to watch they just mm -hmm. they, they just havenven't been exciting now anthony richardson completely yeah. changed that uh, right. and, and, and then I he love got Gardner hurt <laughs> exactly but just the Patriots this yeah. this year they're not fun to watch they, because a lot of these worst teams they'll try things and they'll they'll have some big plays and there will be broken coverages and it, but these teams it's like their defenses are good their offenses aren't all right I guess go to Germany just send them over there so uh I'll watch it but it's um not not going to be my favorite game this week, but yeah, no, I with you there. That one, that one didn't. That one doesn't exactly. You know, that's not exactly one that could. You know, exciting to get up for. Um, you know, there's also a couple games that you know I don't just to touch on them for just a minute. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I'm not really that excited to see the Titans Bucks. You know, I don't know, maybe, maybe a couple yeah. Derrick Henry stiff arms, you know, that's always fun. But, um, you know, and I think the Packers Steelers, it's like, yeah, okay. You know, maybe, maybe, and then, and then even the Falcons and the Cardinals, you know, the only thing that could be interesting about that is with Kyler Murray's return, that probably will have me tune oh, yeah. in just because I like most people. You're cutting out there, man. Now the rest, just letting you know. Thanks. All right, you're back. You're back. Okay. And I was just going to 
game is seeing Kyler Murray's return. Uh, it looks like. Yeah, I, that'll be that'll be fun. I will say uh, there there have been a lot of complaints about this this uh, week's slate of games. There are a lot of evenly matched teams across the board. You know that's so that they should be at least a lot of uh, tighter scoring games. All right, man. Now uh, mm. last week I I had said that I wanted to touch on a couple draft risers that I've seen recently. Uh, any other games you want to cover, or do you want me to hop into that? No, man, let's hit it. All right, so I've been absolutely grinding the trenches tape over this last this last month, just hitting all the defensive and offensive linemen that I can. Uh, when I get in a groove with a position, I like sticking with it because it, it's a lot easier to know what to look for when, you, when you're doing it over and over again. But it can get a little tiresome after watching like five guys straight at the same position. So bouncing back and forth between the offensive and defensive line gives me a chance to really uh, – Look at both over over these last few weeks, and I want to bring up a few guys who have risen a lot over the last uh, last month of football or so. Um, a, a couple of these guys weren't even on my initial big board I put out at the end of October, which was just you know about a week and a half to two weeks ago. And I've seen them recently when I get to these guys, you know, further down on my list, and I realize, wait, these guys—they're day two prospects. So I want to start. Uh, I want to bring to light two offensive linemen and two defensive linemen whose names you'll probably start to hear more and more. Now, this first one, very obvious because I'd say he started rising about a month ago, and I've talked about him on this pod as well. But Talisa Fuaga, I just have to shout him out once again. Right tackle. Uh, he has cemented himself as a top 10 player in my on my board unless something changes drastically. You know, he went against UCLA, where he uh, he fought against Layatu Latu and Gabriel Murphy. Didn't allow a single pressure, uh, especially to Latu, who was is really the most technically refined defensive end in the draft. He he's a stud. He's going to be great at the next level as well. Probably top ten, top fifteen pick, unless some medical issues with his neck come back up. But he he's looking like a stud. So Lisa Fuagu just just handled him. He didn't allow any pressures, and uh, you know he. There was one play against Gabriel Murphy where it looked like he might have allowed a pressure, but the quarterback completely rolled out of a clean pocket. And it was just just completely unnecessarily. So uh, one of the best games I've seen from him, and he's probably the best run-blocking offensive tackle in this class, in my opinion. I know there are guys like Jordan Morgan who will give him a run for his money, especially on on some outside zone and some gap. But in term, regarding inside zone runs, at least, uh, Fuaga's footwork, and his positioning and ability to just create a gap by himself, just like that. It, it's extremely impressive. And he wasn't even on my radar going into this season. So I've had a lot of fun watching him. That UCLA game really solidified his ranking. Now, the next guy, uh, this guy, I only started watching because he flew up Trevor Sycamore's board, uh, head PFF draft analyst. And that's Jackson Powers Johnson, who's a center for Oregon. Uh, I have him with a mid-second round grade right now, which, which seems kind of nuts uh, because he he is, I believe, ranked 211 currently on Mock Draft Database. But he is a bigger center. You know, he played guard last year. He's a true junior. And his EFF, which is sort of his, his um, pass blocking efficiency, essentially uh, the 
pressures allowed um, over the number of snaps that he's taken. He, he's allowed four pressures in his career, only one this season. EFF of 99.6, I believe that is. So th this dude is a great pass protector. You can't really run through him at 6'3", 320, uh, 320 pounds at center. Big boy. And, and I think he'll play either guard or center at the next level. He's also great on uh, A-gap runs and inside zone, He and he's a finisher in the run game. Now, he might not be the best out on the move, so I don't think he will fit in every scheme. But right now, I have him above uh, Van Pran as my top center. I still need to get to a few other guys in the position to watch Pran's, uh, Van Pran's latest games, but he, I was very excited when I started watching him earlier this week. Now, on the defensive line, couple guys who are are really rising up. Uh, first one I want to talk about is Gabriel Murphy, who I just mentioned uh, for UCLA against Fuaga. Now, M Murphy plays across from Latu. Latu is a stud. I, I don't think anyone's going to argue that. But Murphy is very technically refined. He's not a star athlete. But I currently have a mid-third round grade on him. Um, he has very active hands. He has a lot of different pass rush moves that he executes well. And that that speaks volumes to what they're teaching the defensive line over at UCLA. Because uh, he's not not their only, you know, those aren't their only two pass, uh, edge prospects who are going to be considered in this year's draft. They have a, at least one other guy as well who I need to get to. But he he's he's been impressive. Uh, again, mid-third grade on him, but at, on Mockraft database right now, he's currently sitting at 147. I do think he ends up rising more when people start actually watching him and not just Lao to Latu across from him. And then the last guy I want to bring up, this guy, I don't even know how I, I found out he was just lower on my tier list. And I, I got to him, Howard Cross, the third uh, defensive tackle from Notre Dame. I'm not as comfortable with this ranking because of his physical stature, but I also have a mid third round grade on him right now. Now he's six feet tall and he is 288 pounds. So he is stout for six feet tall. And somehow he just flies off the line. He has an incredible first step. He he starts penetrating the line before the quarterback catches the ball, from, catches the snap. It, it's crazy how someone who's six feet tall, 288, can just fly off the line like that. And he gets natural leverage because he is only six feet tall. So his arms go up immediately under the, the offensive lineman. And he has very quick hands. So he's winning uh, a lot of pass rush reps at this at the college level. I think that will definitely be lower uh, at the NFL level. But I, I think he could play three tech. I think he could play uh, three, four base and uh, in certain situations. And even uh, four, three power, uh, strong side and sort of pocket collapsing uh, pass rush power uh, specialist, if you will. So, uh, you know, he doesn't really have an anchor at 288. Um, he he can anchor, he can hold his ground if he has an excessive forward lean, which he does throughout a few reps, but that gets him very susceptible of, of going off balance. Um, he, I haven't seen it exploited as much in college, but it definitely would be in the pros. So I want to keep my eye out on him, see how he performs over the remainder of the season because I think that he is a unique prospect who could end up making his way into day two. So not, not a stud, not, not a, you know, first round guy, but some of these, these gems um, that, that you find just sort of down the rankings and end up giving them day two grades. They're always even more fun to find than some of these, 
you know, watching these Marvin Harrison juniors and Malik neighbors kind of prospects who are just all, everyone has them in the first round. So those are four guys I wanted to point out. Uh, last week I said, I'd bring some guys to light and um, I, I'm definitely going to start, start doing this a bit more uh, as the season progresses. I'm hoping to get to, you know, finish up the, the trenches here in a couple of weeks and start getting more into receivers and defensive backs. So it, it's been a lot of fun uh, at this point. Alex, how are you doing? You uh, you know any of these guys? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> nice. Perfect. No, that's awesome, Cam. Thank you for breaking that down. It'll be exciting to 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 kind of revisit some of these these names, you know, as we get a little bit closer to, you know, keep keep an eye on your draft board as we wrap the season up cuz uh, you know, the the teams are working on it all year round, you know. The scouts, they they're exactly. they're already taking a look at it. They're already starting to prep and and watch these games closely, visit these games and all that hopefully not steal any signs while they're visiting the games oh wait sorry um that's all is that oh, only no. michigan or, or maybe not um anyway uh this is in a mainly an nfl podcast we'll we'll leave the we'll leave the big 10 drama to the college football podcast uh but either way uh this has been a lot of fun cam it's been a lot of fun it was good to catch up with you it's uh fun to spend a friday night together um and uh we certainly appreciate everybody that 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 supports our show um, and as you've heard us say, and the best way you can do that is by liking, uh, subscribing, um, you know, uh, giving us a five star review, commenting, <laughs> all that stuff helps us. Um, and, and of course, you know, we want to, you know, we enjoy talking football and enjoy the, the community that we're working on building. So thanks, everybody, for being a part of it. And uh, we're certainly, uh, uh, you know, appreciative of your of your time. Yeah, and we love fan engagement. So if you want anything from us, want any specific content, even want to come on our show and talk about your team, you know, drop a comment in the YouTube section or, or even reach out to us. We are very happy to to get back to you and we'll definitely reply at a minimum. So, uh, it, you know, if there's anything you want to talk about, anything you, you love from the show, agree with takes you might disagree with that we have, you know, we tend to agree quite a bit just, just by default. You know, we don't talk about this throughout the week, but... Uh, you know, we, we kind of have similar takes on a lot of NFL, uh, content. So if you, uh, if you have any, except, except else, upset picks cam, you're, you're better at those than me. Clearly <laughs> so far, still have got half the season. You can come back. That's right. That's right. So, all right, guys, I, again, thanks for tuning in this week. Have a fun weekend watching football and we will see you next week. Peace. See you later, everybody. Peace.